it's a choice to create a state of mind of bliss. So you have to get into that mindset. Well, you don't have to, but it's a good idea if you do of happiness and gratitude. And it's so key in creating what you want in life. Hi, I'm Dr. Tranquility, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and here we are yet again, shining and finding the light in the darkness to prove there's still good out there, and plenty of it. This is World Gone Good. There are so many ways to support this here show. You can share us with your friends, subscribe to us wherever you are listening right now. You can rate and review us. Follow us on our Instagram page. It's at World Gone Good Podcast. Look at all these choices. And if none of those work for you, if they're not good enough for you, come support us on our new Patreon page that went up a few weeks back. Visit patreon.com slash world gone good for all kinds of bonus good that you can't find anywhere else. I mean, you could probably find it somewhere else, but it's special to me. And I put it there at patreon.com slash world gone good. Come on over now. Let's all get our good on together. Today, we open with some stupid questions. But Steve, there are no stupid questions. Yes, there are. Here's one right now. Are you stressed out? Have the last handful of years torn at the fabric of your soul? Hold on. Let me add some music while I continue asking some stupid questions. Here we go. Do you wake up in the morning and think, fuck, I gotta do this again? And why is everyone I know having the time of their lives in Italy right now? Seriously, kill the music. Why Why is everyone in Italy right now? Ugh. Look, this life thing, it is, it's a lot. And sometimes we need to embrace tranquility. Get ready to breathe again, my friends, because boy, oh boy, do we have a good gift for you right now. I am here with a doctor of tranquility, and I couldn't be happier. And we're going to start in a very fun place before we even get going. I know something about her, which is she does a lot of breath work. And so I'm going to ask her right now to start the show with a breath work exercise for me, for all of you listening. Dr. Tranquility, I hand you the breath and ask you to lead us on something, and then we'll get talking after that. Absolutely. If you're driving, this is not an exercise for you when you listen. Only if you're, you can play it back, play back the interview, and then do it once you get to your destination. For everyone else, we're going to put our hand to our right nostril and close it off so that you're breathing exclusively through the left. And you're going to take an inhalation for a count of five and an exhalation for a count of five. Repeating that over and over, over and over again. Just relaxing while you breathe. Relaxing your forehead and the muscles in and around your eyes. 
parting your teeth, which allows your jaw to relax, relaxing your throat and the back of your neck as you're breathing. Really let go of tension in your shoulders. Just let them fall down. Relaxing your back. Just allow it to be supported by the chair or a cushion or couch or bed, wherever you are. Moving all the way down to the hips. And the buttocks, letting go of all the tension there. And that should feel really good because we hold a lot of tension there. Moving down to your thighs, over the knees, beyond the calves, into the heels of your feet, pushing forward and out of your toes. With any remaining tension, just allowing it to escape. The way steam escapes from a pot of boiling water or a tea kettle on the stove or a waterfall or faucet. Whatever is best for you. And breathe. And breathe. Very good. You may open your eyes. You're now in the parasympathetic mode. Steve? Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Just calling you back. <laughs> How did you know that we all had our jaw clenched? <laughs> Everyone does. That's a <laughs> normal part of it. We all tend to clench our jaws a little bit. So um, that's what the precursor for TMJ. Of course. And that's why wow. I have a I have a, yeah. a bite guard. Oh, do you? Well, this exercise also releases it. So if you close off your right nostril, breathing exclusively through the left, then you're putting the body, the nervous system into the parasympathetic mode where we rest and digest. So conversely, if you're feeling like you don't have enough energy, you close off the left and breathe through the right. And it'll give you energy. Where did so, you get your name, Dr. Tranquility? Where did the name Dr. I, Tranquility come from? <laughs> I made it up. Nice. <laughs> I loved it. And a friend and I were trying to think of a good name about, gosh, I'm dating myself here 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And we came up with Dr. Tranquility. Have you always been a tranquil person? I actually was an anxiety sufferer. So I decided that I didn't want to be on medication and I was going to figure out a way to be healthier. And so I started looking at meditation. I looked at hypnosis um, and hypnotherapy. I looked at mind-body medicine and put together protocols based on that to help people relax. You're a wellness, relationship, anxiety, relief expert. That's a lot of things to be, my friend. Take us through it. Well, I'm a manifesting generator. <laughs> so if you follow human design, we tend to, manifesting generators tend to do a lot of different things. So in wellness, um, well, my, I'll give you my background. My background in mind-body medicine is actually from Harvard's Mind Body Institute. And I've also studied botanical meds um, through Columbia University. And um, I am a hypnotic anesthesiologist, which is a fancy way of saying 
I'm specifically trained to address pain and general PTSD. Um, people who are in pain cannot always take pain meds. Some people have a, an um, addictive addiction in their past. So they're not someone who can take a pain med. Well, what do you do when you're in pain? So we, as a hypnotic anesthesiologist, we use the mind to block the pain. And then my friends were saying to me, you've got all this background, you've studied so much, can't you come up with something so I can find a man? <laughs> and that was how date therapy was formed. I, I created the protocol. I tried it on a few friends and then I tried it on some strangers, about a hundred people. Um, about half are still together and it's been about 10 years. Um, a little more than half because we're a little better than the average. And I'm always amazed when I speak with them and they're happy and uh, my dating people are all teamed up. And, um, you know, my anxiety people are feeling better and my pain people are feeling better. So that's all a practitioner could hope for. Why do you think we as a society are so anxious right now? Because there's a lot of crap going on. <laughs> right. I mean, we have to deal with, we're every day we're inundated with information in general. And then we get a lot of negative stuff. There's a lot of, um, you know, negativity in news. And we have news channels now that go on all day. They used to come on at a specific time of the evening. And they were finished at a specific time of the evening, you know, possibly in the morning. Now we're, people are watching news being inundated with whatever's going on all day long. Then you have social media, which can turn, turn into a cat fight on any given Sunday. Um, you know, so you have that stress. People are hypercritical. And we have a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of unknown people just came as we were talking earlier. People just came out off of a pandemic. There was a lot of unknown in that. And where are we going to live? Where are we going to die? And nobody knew at one point, you know, so there's a lot to be nervous about, but it's how you cope with that anxiety. That's the key, right? So if you could use a tool like hypnotherapy, let's say, I'm going to use that because it's the easy, easiest example. If you can use a tool like hypnotherapy to alleviate your anxiety, why not do it? And it's a tool which you control because all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. The guide is the practitioner and the therapist. Have you always been a person connected to yourself, to the planet, to the universe, or was there a journey here to get to that place? I've always been somewhat connected. I really have. I had a mother who was very connected and I would come home from school and she'd be standing on her head <laughs> in, in a yoga pose. And I grew up in the Hudson Valley, not far from New Paltz. So, you know, I kind of have that um, into nature in my background, even though I spent a lot of time in some of the biggest cities in the world, like New York and London and LA. Um, but still, 
it's the the path that I always seem to find my way back to center and my way back to healing and being one with nature and nature heals. So it's all good. My friend Jason has a podcast. He's got these questions that he says that every podcaster should ask. So here's one of them to try it out. What in the morning gets you excited to get out of bed and start your day? What is it? My coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a coffee show. It's perfect. We just did a coffee show with a <laughs> with a, a woman who changed her life making coffee. So your coffee gets you out of bed. I love it. Yes, it does. Because I don't like to wake up. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying my snuggle. And then I, I go through my gratitude process in the morning. And before I get out of bed, usually 99% of the time. And um, then I'm just so blissful. I don't feel like getting out of bed. So I grab my coffee and I'll have a few gulps. And then sure enough, up I go and on with the day. And in reverse or converse, mm-hmm. end of the day. What satisfaction do you have before you go to sleep? Or what worry do you have before you go to sleep? Well, I really, my goal is to be successful at not worrying before I go to sleep. That's a seriously unhealthy habit. So what I do is I take myself through breathing exercises. If I've had a rough day, calm down, you know, um, visualize something really wonderful. I go to my special place. And we all have a special place that we've either visited or we create in our mind, right? And so you can go to that place and relax and let go of the day. I work with something that's an adaptation of a script by Marlene Hunter called MD, called the box, you know, it's a box. And I adapted it to be a stressor box. And I'll put my daily stressors into that box. And then I tie a balloon to it. And I let the box float away. And as it does, it takes my stressors. And I start feeling lighter and lighter. Then I go to sleep. What do you say to the people who are listening right now who, quite frankly, are rolling their eyes at all of this? Well, roll away. I mean, these, you know, there are so many tools and tricks and tips on the planet that people can engage in to feel better about themselves and the world around them. Find one that rings true for you. It doesn't have to be hypnosis or hypnotherapy or psychotherapy. It can be anything that you choose. There are lots of tools at our disposal these days. Thank goodness for the internet and social media to some degree um, that we have these tools at the ready and we can utilize them. So find one that works for you and go for it. And I don't say that to be derogatory because I am an exceptionally positive person. I have my own regimen of what I do. It includes um, a little bit of magnesium and a little bit of uh, melatonin at night. I'm not going to lie to everybody. <laughs> that helps okay. me mellow my body out a bit. But I do believe in all of it. And and I think that you have it so right. I think we are so inundated and have been uh, with struggle. Just the just the struggle of staying happy. And And to me, it's a choice. Do you think sure. happiness is a choice? It's absolutely a choice. 
it's a choice to create a state of mind of bliss. So you have to get into that mindset. Well, you don't have to, but it's a good idea if you do of happiness and gratitude. And it's so key in creating what you want in life. We have a happy full jar, we call it. It's got little pieces of paper next to it and a pen. And Ah. we write little notes on it. I've done a show on this, actually. And we fold it up and put them in this big mason jar. And then on New Year's Eve every year, we've been doing this for a year, we dump out sometimes 200 of them, sometimes a little more, a little less. And we reread them. And we look at the date. And a lot of them are just really basic stuff. Like I had a great swim this morning. We took a great hike with the dogs, uh, a great glass of wine, whatever it is. Some of them are bigger things like seeing friends or or going on a vacation or a trip. But it's those reminders and things you forgot about and the simple happy that made you happy. And I try to do it as soon as I'm feeling it. Like I did one this morning. I was feeling it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this now. I was actually excited to come home and write it down so that I didn't forget it by the end of the day. Wow. That's amazing. That's wonderful. I love that jar idea. I love it. And we have a fireplace, so it's usually cool enough here. <laughs> we'll just toss them all in. I take some pictures of them and I put them up on, on social media, things we forgot about. Um, but I really encourage people to find that simple thing, to find those simple joys, the basic joy, and get back to it. Right. Right. I think it's so important to find your happiness. And it, as you well said, it doesn't have to be some grandiose concept or idea that brings in happiness. It can be as simple as looking at, you know, this, a smile on the face of your child or a child that you care about or hugging a dog or petting your cat or, you know, spending time with friends, as you well said. So. I think it's, and once you do, you tend to bring in, as we talked about earlier, more happiness. And another happy thing is when you get the little notification that there's a new episode of your favorite podcast, which is happening right now. (laughs) Well done, good. Well, you have your own podcast. That's what I want to talk about. And a radio show. So take us through both of those. Okay. So... Well, let's see. Originally, I've been doing radio for about fifteen years. So, I, how did you I start? Had, how did you start in radio? In radio, I started as a guest, and then um, I was a recurring guest, and then I was an expert recurring guest, and then I was offered my own show. Podcasting was something I wanted to do because it was an easy way to do radio without having to go to the studio. Uh, necessarily, or, um, you know, deal with sponsor. Well, you still deal with sponsors, but radio is a, is a slightly different game. It's bigger. It's AM, FM. You have FCC, which is like a, a eye in the sky <laughs> that monitors what you do and say. Whereas on a podcast, you can pretty much do or say anything you want. And um, nobody's there to reprimand or scold you (laughs) or more. Um, 
they're both a lot of fun and there are tremendous similarities in both of them. I think, you know, the radio is radio is radio and it will be radio until it isn't. Um, and podcasting is just the newest, latest version of that. But what's great about podcasting is that anybody can be a host. There are so many platforms out there that are simply turnkey. So I encourage everybody, if there's something you love and you love talking about it with people, have a podcast. Start one. It's not hard. There are so many great platforms out there now that can help you to carry the message to a wider audience and get out there and do your thing if this is what you want to do. It's a conversation. And that's what I love about it. Even the person listening, it's a conversation. You're part of it. Mm -hmm. And what I've said to so many people who have come to me, not so many people, a few people have said, hey, I want to start a podcast. What advice do you have? And and the thing that so many people say to me is like, well, I want to, and they're hesitant, but I don't know if anybody will listen. And I usually say, if you're passionate about it, if you want to talk about it, if you want to hear other people's perspectives on it, I guarantee you there's a thousand million other people out there who are passionate about it too. And it could be about the craziest thing. It could be out of hula hoops or the $6 million man or New York City or whatever you want it to be about. There are other people who are passionate about it as well, and they want to hear your perspective on it. Exactly. That's so true. That's so true. And I think podcasting is liberating. You know, there's more freedom in podcasting, uh, much more, and than a radio show. I have both, but, um, you know, most people uh, choose still. And they'll either go into radio or they'll go into podcasting. So, and also from podcasting, you can land a radio show. You know, if if you have, if you're being passionate about what you're discussing, then you're all in. And when you're all in, you naturally put your best foot forward. And when you do that, you never know who's listening. Someone could just be scrolling through iHeart podcasts looking for something to do and you come on late one night, you know, and now all of a sudden you're being asked to do a radio show. So you never know. You asked me a very interesting question. I'm going to throw it back to you on your show. I'm going to throw it back to you on my show. Who is a guest? I'm going to change it a little bit. Who is a guest that surprised you that you've spoken to? Wow. So many people. Um, Well, someone that I really admired, I'll say that, um, was Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he did an interview with me and he was feeling, he wasn't feeling well. He was very sick that day. And I asked him if he wanted to reschedule and he said no. And he came on and we were on for two hours because I wasn't going to turn, you know, I wasn't stopping tape. Um, we were definitely going to roll. So he, it was just, he was such a blessing. His messages was were so amazing. And I knew how we had discussed how he really didn't feel well. And so I was really impressed by that. And I learned a lot about 
I would say devotion to the craft and podcasting is a craft. Now, everyone can try podcasting. Not everyone is good at podcasting. So there's a skill to it. And um, I learned a lot about showing up no matter what. And the one that really surprised me wasn't, it, it was a podcast, but it was a, it's also a video. We took a crew to England and filmed. And we were able to sit down with Jimmy Choo, the shoe designer. And he told me that he attributes his success to Qigong. And that surprised me. He said that he gets in the energy and that's how he's able to design. And that's what kept him going. And I thought that was pretty amazing. Well, there's a connection right there. Yeah. If you could go back to a younger version of yourself, 17, 15, 13, you know that younger version, you choose it. What would you say to her? Knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Knock it off and drink coffee when you get up. (laughs) You know, I, I think we're too hard on ourselves. And especially in the ages that you're quoting, we tend to be very hard on ourselves. And we're just coming into self, into the body as an, as an adult. And, um, we, yeah, I would definitely say, knock it off. Give yourself a break. Give your, show yourself some love, you know, and be kinder to yourself. We close these shows with three questions. Don't panic. You know, the answers. Question number one, where do people find you? Where people find the podcast, where people find the radio show plug away. Okay. Well, I also have a small boutique PR firm called Satori, which is a Buddhist word, S-A-T-O-R-I, PR. So our website is satoriXPR.com, satoriXPR.com. And Satori means once you know something, you know it, and you can't forget it. So it's that unforgettable X. And then you put in what you want it to be. That's the meaning behind it. Um, and that came out of my doing so much media. And people were asking me how I was doing it. And I was ending up getting them booked. And I was exhausted. And my girlfriend said, you do realize that this is a separate career. <laughs> and it's called public relations, right? So, um, so, yeah, you can reach us, you'll find out everything you need to know about Dr. Tranquility. It will take you to it, date therapy, um, which is a conscious dating and relationship protocol, which is the name of my show. Um, we also have, there is coming, there's a landing page there now, and we have a wait list. You're welcome to join so that you can be privy to all that's going on. And that's on conscious dating and relationships.com. And then there's also a Dr. Tranquility, if you can't remember those two. Just think of Dr. Dr. Tranquility.com. So I can be easily found. And I'm this Dr. Tranquility Lydia on Instagram. The second to last question can be answered any way you want. Here it is. Who inspires you? 
That's a good one. Oh my gosh. I have so many inspirations. Life itself is an inspiration. Waking up in the morning and just being able to live is an inspiration. It's a gift. You're not entitled to it. It's a gift. And I find that very inspiring. The final question is not a question. It is a statement to finish. Please don't sing it because I can't afford the rights. It goes like this. Finish the statement. (laughs) Tell me something good. Tell me something good. We're all here. We're working on doing better and better every day. We're getting better and better every day. Visualize, believe, and breathe. And you'll be okay. Thank you, Dr. Tranquility, for sharing your good and reminding us to just breathe. Next time on World Gone Good. Joy is the foundation. This is the thing in coaching that I think coaches that are well-meaning coaches don't quite realize, like, that one thing you said to them, that seventh grader that you moved from A team to B team without saying anything to him, that shapes him to believe now that he has no control over you know, his own development, no matter how hard he works, because you didn't tell him why, now he's shaped to believe he just doesn't have control, that his work doesn't matter. Brianna Garza is a self-proclaimed graceful disruptor, and she gracefully disrupts it up on the basketball court through her company, Shooter Shoot. She's helping build better playmakers, not players, playmakers, and in doing so, people. She's doing it every day. The National Alliance for Youth Sports reports 70% of kids in the U.S. stop playing organized sports by the age of 13. Why? Because it's not fun anymore. Brianna is focused on the phone, putting enjoyment and growth over winning at all costs. She's one of the good ones, and I can't wait for you to hear our really good conversation. Until then, be good. Be good.